It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 935 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday? Thursday? Is it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday, April the 28th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure to check out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. We have a ton of stuff for you on MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, and college, our wonderful channels across the network. Uh, we have like 180 shows for you to check out. There, There's no way this is the only one that you would like. So please go find the shows covering the teams you like and the leagues you want to support and all that good stuff. And it's very much appreciated when you give us uh, follows, subscriptions, all that good stuff. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Michelob Ultra at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later on in the episode. All right. On today's show, we are discussing a... Loss for the Raptors, 116-103 to the Brooklyn Nets. That didn't feel all that bad. There were some good vibes, I guess, during the game. Um, maybe less good vibes after the game as it has kind of become clear that the Raptors continue to be over this shit of playing in Tampa Bay. Um, but we'll uh, dive all into this game. Our big takeaways, uh, OG Ananobi, Kemp Birch, a couple of standouts. Uh, we'll get into that with today's guest. One of our faves, Katie Heindel from Dime and a Basketball with me. Uh, what's going on, Katie? Not much, man. Um, <laughs> it was it was a good game until the fourth quarter. Yeah, you think it's got right. a little off the rails. The latter half of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it did feel like they might do a fake comeback again not quite uh as it turns out having kevin durant and kyrie irving on your team is good uh and you know it's not just that those guys are going to score 17 points on seven shots like kevin durant did it's that they set everybody else up and you send all the attention those guys way and jeff green hits a million shots on you and joe harris goes crazy um but yeah i think there were joe harris could dunk (laughs) also yeah yeah um he is one of those guys. I'm Shocked not sure me. I've ever seen dunk. You're you're right, um, <laughs> but I'm glad he can get up there. Good job, Joe Harris. You're a very good player. It's exhausting how good you are, frankly. Um, Katie, let's do uh, what we do at the start of every game recap episode. What was your biggest takeaway from the Raptors' 13 point loss to the Nets to fall back a half game in the play-in race on Tuesday night? 
Uh, for me, I have to say it was probably Kim Birch. Hell yeah. I think it's really cool to see somebody that Lowry can lob to again. Um, it just like opens Lowry up for this kind of basketball. He wasn't really getting to play, I'd say, for the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the hustle plays that Kim Birch had, like there was a couple times when he just kind of ran back and like got a loose ball. Um and just, I don't know, these are the kinds of things we also hadn't been seeing. I'm not going to put that squarely on Baines, but like to just see that, you know, to see that kind of athleticism and just willingness, effort from your center. I enjoy it. Yeah. Kimber- He's quick too. Like I would mm-hmm. say it's something we also hadn't really seen from like Mark, um, Serge maybe like here and there, but it's he's just like a different style of player. And I really am enjoying watching him like acclimatize to the team. I'm enjoying, and I've made this point before, I think I did when we were talking to Ken Birch's mom, Wendy Sparks, last week on the podcast about how it's kind of cool to see a guy like realize like, oh, I'm a lot better than my last team really allowed me to be. And it feels like a mm-hmm. pretty serious indictment of the Orlando Magic that they never unlocked this version of Ken Birch basically at any point. They were playing him at like power forward for large stretches of his time with them. Um, seems like maybe the Magic could have done a better job of, uh, you know, moving this guy along in his career and improving him as a basketball player and, you know, player development and all that stuff. And then, you know, the Raptors get a hold of him. And within three weeks, he's catching lobs every second trip down from Kyle Lowry. And he's getting nine offensive rebounds in a game, which I don't think we've seen a Raptor do since Jonas Valanciunas, probably against the Pistons team at some point here or there, whenever he would destroy them. Um, You know, it's just he's adding elements that, you know, again, kind of I've made this point as well, not to sort of rehash things, but. I don't know, maybe not everybody listens to every single episode of the podcast, so I'll repeat myself once in a while. You know, I I think we've seen this thing with, and now I've lost my train of thought. Uh, It's nice to see double-digit rebounds again, I also will say. Yes. From Kem, like, it's just, yeah, he's just kind of everything um, I really was missing and maybe, like, forgot about. Like for hadn't seen it in so long, I didn't know I was missing it anymore. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And like as you said, it is like it's always just so cool to see that kind of a player awareness unfold. Um. And like whether that's because I think Orlando, as you mentioned, didn't really utilize him properly, or maybe they were just a little bit more stringent in terms of like who fit where and what Ooh. these kind of hard and fast roles were. Whereas like he comes into a Raptors team where it's like it's pretty loose. You know, like definitely they signed him to be a, like, to be at a certain position, but there's still a fluidity that, that kind of runs through the floor uh, and like runs through the roster. And it's just like, it's just very cool to see him mm. exploring that. And like, yeah, like be like, oh, like I'm, I'm really good at, I mean, not to be like, he didn't know he was good at all these things, <laughs> but to see him kind of unlock them in real time. It's cool. I would say he probably there was not maybe a realization from anybody. You know, it's not just a Ken Burst thing. It's like from anybody that he could be like a 30 minute a night center who's giving you basically everything you need from that spot. It's, you know, it takes opportunity to kind of figure those types of things out. And he's getting that right now, obviously. Um, You know, the the offensive rebounding, the rebounding in general has been a delight. Um, you know, get, just getting to press an advantage against a team like the Nets last night where, yeah, they are small. They don't really have a lot of beef to them. And you can throw Ken Birch out there and he's going to grab nine offensive rebounds. Like, 
that's just not a thing they've done. It, 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 you know, Marcus Gasol even didn't do that. You know, he was very much just getting going to get back and you know hit the defensive glass. There wasn't a lot of offensive glass crashing. And in a game like last night, in particular against the Nets, where you're trying to buy extra possessions and you're trying to just get more shots up than them because it's basically the only way to beat the math problem against Brooklyn. That says a valuable thing to have that they just didn't have three weeks ago. Um, you mentioned how quick he is, too. And I am just like thrilled watching him play defense. You know, the rim protection's great, obviously. He's picking up a couple blocks at night. Um, he had one last night. He probably should have been credited with two or three, honestly. You know, just the, the, the sort of disturbance he is on these drives for you know Kyrie Irving and uh, Joe Harris, whoever else was trying to go in on him. It's like, oh, yeah, that's. That that stuff we knew. He was obviously a very good defender on a very good Orlando team that was, if nothing else, excellent defensively. But the thing that I didn't realize is like, oh, he can just like switch out on the perimeter and it's fine. <laughs> and he can hang with guys and stay in the grill of uh, Kyrie Irving for a little bit or, um, you know, get caught on a switch with a Mike James and, and he's totally fine. By the way, holy crap, Mike James. Uh, that was a... Uh, bizarre little mm-hmm. burst in the fourth quarter where he destroyed the Raptors <laughs> like uh you know Mike James of old kind of did in uh, the opposite type of way um uh yeah so yeah Ken Birch great stuff uh I, I did end up losing my train of thought on what I was trying to say about him thank you for saving me and jumping in there Katie because uh boy anytime brain not working but um <laughs> i'm sure i'll get to that point once again again i've already made that point so just go back and listen to ken birch thoughts i've had and you'll hear what i was going to say um katie i, I have a, a different takeaway than ken birch for this game as my number one takeaway i'm going to get to that in just one second but first i want to tell you about our Michelob ultra player of the week and i don't want to use the guy i'm going to talk about in the next segment because i want to spend the whole segment talking about him even though he's very deserving of being the Michelob ultra player of the week this week um this week instead of the guy who probably deserves it most i'm going to give it to Kem Birch. Um, you know, we just talked about him. Kem Birch is having a ton of fun. It's been a delight watching him. Lots of joy, happiness, all those good things that you want from your basketball team and the team players on your favorite basketball team. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success, and that seems to be very much the case with Kem Birch on this Toronto Raptors team. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry also creates success. Kyle Lowry, Joy, they're basically synonymous. There you go. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. And, uh, with, again, Michelob Ultra, there's no need to decide. Are you happy because you win or you do, or do you win because you're happy? With the Toronto Raptors, it very much seems to be that when they're happy, they win. And uh, Ken Birch has brought a whole lot of happy to the conversation for the Raptors since he was signed a few weeks back. Uh, Ken Birch, your Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. And, of course, a big thank you to Michelob Ultra for sponsoring the podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Katie, let's continue on here. Just a heads up, I believe on tomorrow's podcast, I'm going to be joined by Javon Shepard. We're going to 
think do a bit sort of like a deep dive specialty topic episode. Still working on what that's going to be, but I believe it'll be Javon and I on Thursday morning teaming up. So get ready for that. Also, Friday's podcast uh, will be a Nuggets game recap with Jamar Hines, a first time guest coming on the podcast from TSN and Raptors Republic. So keep an eye out for that on Friday after the Nuggets game as well. All right, Katie, uh, my big takeaway. Quickly, I just want to mm. say, yes. mm-hmm. I know I'm not trying to steal your thunder, mm-hmm. but the person who currently holds the Raptors record for offensive rebounds is the one and only Amir Johnson. Hey, that I mean, if Ken Birch wants to try to become the Amir Johnson of this era, I think that there are far worse paths to follow. That would be beautiful. Yeah. Amir yeah. Johnson. Hmm. Not the Amir of my heart, but he can definitely try for this era. Can we uh, at some point do like an Amir Johnson episode entirely, Katie? Um, I feel like that's overdue. We're going to have a lot of time to kill probably between the end of the season and the draft. So um, we may have to do that. Uh, Anyway, let's uh, continue on here. Katie, my biggest takeaway from this Raptors game against the Brooklyn Nets, and this is like an extension of my take that I had on Monday after the Cavs game, but holy God, OG Ananobi, it, it's like happening in front of our eyes. And I like <laughs> what's happening. I don't know exactly what's happening or where it's going to end, but I have a good feeling it's going to be somewhere very, very good and nice and uh, the place that makes you feel quite cozy inside. Uh, a fifth game in a row for OG, over 20 points in this one, 21, six and six assists as well. The assists, the the playmaking, the sort of finding guys on the run. Just one of the most impressive OG games I can recall. The defense was outstanding as well. Um, just kind of flying around. He had two steals up in the grill of Kevin Durant. Um, you know, kind of making it so Kevin Durant couldn't take a lot of shots in this one. Obviously, there were double teams and things like that as well. But OG was just everywhere. And I am just getting extremely extremely tantalized by where this could be going it's not just that he scored 21 points because he's done that before he scored 30 points where a lot of it's been assisted it's been a lot of corner threes you know guys setting him up him cutting baseline for dunks this one felt different katie this one was og creating for himself and getting downhill and blowing by guys and like doing one-footed fadeaways over kevin durant (laughs) it was I think as like all encompassing and sort of self-created a performance we've ever seen from OG Ananobi. And uh, I got to say, controversial take, a dig it. Um, what are your thoughts on OG, uh, his game last <laughs> night, in addition to uh, his recent run here, where it seems like he's kind of leveled up a little bit? I said last night after the game that he kind of went through an entire Pokemon evolution in one game. Um, maybe it's been over the last five or so, but something's happening here, Katie, and it's very, very exciting to watch. Yeah, it's kind of the run I've been waiting for OG to have for probably three years, Mm -hmm. at least two or three years, I'd say. And I think it's like the run he never really had enough kind of runway out in front of him for. And I guess I'm a little bit hesitant because I'm not sure how much, how long, what the longevity of the season is for him to be able to continue to ride this. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So like the, to me, it's a little bit frustrating that he still doesn't get this kind of like free and clear season that I always wanted for him that I always felt like was kind of lacking um, to what like, you know, his contemporaries and Fred and Pascal have had Mm -hmm. in previous seasons. So it is very rewarding to see this. It's just something I just think OG has been due 
for seasons and was honestly just like waiting to get a stretch where he could just fully compete and play basketball, mm. you know, yeah. un, uninterrupted. And it's, I guess it's ironic that it's this season, <laughs> but, um, I mean, I'm, I'm here for it. Like you said last night, he was everywhere. He was doing a little bit of everything. I think you're starting to see the range and potential of a player like OG as someone who, you know, can play like the three through the five pretty convincingly. Mm-hmm. And I think just a player who, to me still, is this kind of future player prototype, you know, oh, like yeah. this future player ideal prototype um, that is very rare that we t- when we talk about like a positionless league isn't really an attainable thing because there are so few players like this. And when OG plays the way he did last night and the way he has down this stretch, you see why <laughs> it's so unattainable because like he's such a rare gem. You know, there are so few players like this. Yeah. And like, I, I think... OG would have been like totally like a value sort of piece on the team, like with his new contract and all that stuff at the start of the season, right? Like where he's this like 40% three point shooting Mm -hmm. defensive monster who can defend one through five, literally more often and better than anybody in the NBA. uh, And who also, you know, can, you know, do some sort of secondary ball handling stuff for you. You know, you're not asking him to run the offense every single time down or barely ever but in a pinch he can and i think the thing that's been most improved over the course of the season is his handle and that just kind of has unlocked a lot of things you saw him blow by kevin durant for a dunk last night and it's like oh like he's got he's got that like quick crossover in his game okay maybe durant wasn't trying to you know go over the top in his first (laughs) first extended run since coming back and trying to stay in front of him but that's kevin durant he was ridiculous defensively in that game last night i was watching back the raptors in 30 and he was just like a terror for uh large stretches of that game and og still just Mm -hmm. blown by him hitting fadeaways over top of him and the handles kind of unlocked all of that he's now on track to be like one of the most value contracts in the nba maybe (laughs) like he's he's that good and i just the nice thing is that you're at this sort of beginning of this rise and you're right there still hasn't ever really been a full runway for him to get an actual sort of extended stretch in because there's been injury even this year there's been injury i mean he went down like two days after um you know putting Mm -hmm. up 32 against the pacers and that took him out for quite a while and then he got COVID, and, and there's been no sort of consistency here and yet through all of that he still managed to make all these steps and all these sort of little incremental bits of growth and I I am very, very curious to see sort of where things pick up next season and what an offseason sort of after realizing these newfound powers, like honing those things going into next year. I am uh, I mean, I don't think there's a single more interesting or potentially franchise altering guy on the team right now. And that is a very cool thing to watch as someone who supports the team and wants the team to be good and sort of thinking about all right how do they add a star how do they sort of you know increase the talent on this team to make themselves a championship contender going forward and i don't want to get too carried away and suggest that og is about to become some sort of superstar who you can build a franchise around like a Kawhi or a lebron or something like that but every step he takes on the way to becoming closer to that it really does make the whole picture that much easier to kind of piece together for this team going beyond and like you said he is 
a perfect player to have as a building block in 2021 as basketball is modernized and you need switchable defenders. You need guys who can play up and down the lineup. You need guys who can create their own shot. And look, it's five games and one game with six assists, but the early returns on what he can do with more uh, is really exciting. And I just, I can't wait to see sort of what he comes back with next season. Um, You know, are you, it's so tough and, you know, I don't like trying to put some sort of like cap on a guy or a ceiling on a guy or say what I think the guy can be, but with OG, you know, the sort of comparisons are really fascinating as to what he could become. Do you have like a player in mind uh, uh, that sort of his game sort of reminds you of that maybe he can replicate and become something close to in the next couple of years here as he does get more runway hopefully you know he doesn't have those obstructions as of next season when you know maybe he's moving more close into his prime and he kind of can get some runway here um you know no i don't want to say like get put a limit on it but like tell me where the sky might be for og ananobi is there a sky like we're get crazy with the excitement katie he's awesome yeah i know i wrote a feature about him for complex mm. Uh, just at the start of the season. And I'm remembering it now because I was like, was that this year? And it was. Uh, And one of the big things I talked about and he talked about and even I think Nurse talked about in that was his handle and that he was really trying to work on that. Um, And now you see that kind of come to full fruition. So in the sense where do I wonder, I don't, with players like OG, I don't like to put a limit on it, you know, like again, because I think there's something to be said for the fact that like he didn't get that like championship playoff run you know he didn't get a lot of the experiences where you saw like fred and and pascal Mm -hmm. like i'll go back to those examples again but like that's where you saw their careers and their abilities really accelerate and maybe they've each since hit plateaus from that but og never had that uh in Mm -hmm. the same way so i think like he might be that's why i say like he might be a couple seasons behind not to his detriment but just to what is kind of what he's faced and like the what's been in front of him. Um, I think when I look at like, when I look at the player prototype that I was talking about, the kind of positionless as close to positionless as we might get. I only mean this in the Mm -hmm. sense of that, not like body type or play style, but like bam kind of comes close. Um, But I think there's something about OG that's a little bit stealthier that is more dangerous in a sense, like, especially when he can kind of pick and choose his moments, like, you always know where Bam is and where Bam is going to be, because that's his game, (laughs) you know, like, he's very present and, like, in your face, but, like, I think OG can kind of pop up and destroy you very uh, silently, (laughs) which is very cool, because, again, this is something I wrote in that story, but, like, he the Raptors don't really have a stealthy presence like that. They didn't when I wrote it and they like watching them through now up until this point of the season, they don't. They're very much like in your face team. Um and I think OG's kind of an anomaly there. And it's mm-hmm. it, it's a very novel and kind of cool thing to have. And I also think it scares a lot of uh opposing teams. <laughs> How could it not? There's a six foot eight demon out there uh, taking the ball away and then dunking on your ass at the other end from two feet underneath the basket with four guys around him. It's uh, it should be terrifying. Um, one thing to note: it, look, obviously, any sort of road to stardom requires that a guy can sort of scale up efficiency that they might show with low usage and sort of translate it into a higher usage game. 
um, that's the biggest challenge. Obviously, we saw Pascal lose some efficiency or quite a bit of efficiency when he went from being the second or third option to being the number one. That's going to happen. And the mark of a true star is someone who can scale that up and not really lose much in the way of efficiency. Um, and that's not to say that Pascal Siakam isn't a star, but, you know, the, I think that's sort of the the detail in his sort of change into the player he is today that sort of says, oh, this guy is probably a number two on a very, very good team, is that his efficiency didn't quite hold up over, you know, the the big increase that it saw. Uh, early returns here, small sample, it's going to take some time, teams will figure things out a little bit, but the early returns for OG with an increased usage are extremely encouraging. Um, before March 1st, OG, 23 games, 16.6% usage, and a 60.7 true shooting percentage. Uh, Katie, since March 1st, 18 games, 22.1% usage, so up 4.5%, and the usage, uh, and the true shooting percentage has gone up. It's now 61.6 since March 1st. Uh very good sign that things are trending in a starry direction for OG Ananobi. Again, it's early days. We'll see. But um, things are looking pretty damn promising. And last night's game against the Nets, among all of them, is maybe the most promising. And I'm watching no other storyline more over the final, whatever, 10, 8 games, however many they have left to play. Uh, with more sort of intrigue and uh, excitement than the OG Ananobi experience. So good stuff there. Uh, Katie, we'll finish up in just a second. want to get to a couple of the dudes off the bench. Uh, Malachi Flynn. We'll also get to Kyle Lowry, I think, because he was great in this game. Um, and Fred Van Vliet as well, who was a little bit rough, continues to look a little bit out of sorts, uh, totally justifiably, I think. Um, and we'll get to that in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, making the best tasting protein bars around. They have 18 amazing flavors, including my faves like toffee, almond, orange, and banana bread. Mint brownie is pretty good, too. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet as well. And they also have all these limited flavors that'll come out, just little sprinklings here and there. Last week, it was coconut brownie chunks. Sometimes they have, like, raspberry cheesecake, which is amazing. They got lots of great flavors circulating around, so please go to the Built Bar website and check them out. That's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-15, all one word, and get 15% off of your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's show is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you, you can track all the action at BetOnline. This week also has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL Draft is on, as well as the Kentucky Derby being back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. You can also bet on futures. Um, I'm not sure if it's available yet, but it will be soon, I'm sure. Uh, you should put some money down on OG Ananobi winning Most Improved Player next season. I'm put, telling you now, it's happening. The thing is going on. Uh, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action, too. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs in basketball and hockey in particular. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up for free, and 50% uh, in addition to what you deposit on the first time will be added to your account. So say you put in 100 bucks, you get 150% as a welcome bonus into your account right away with the promo code locked on all one word that's betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts 
All right, Katie, a couple of little notes to fly around here. We'll also get to a tankathon sim of the day, which is a thing we do after the Raptors lose now. Um, <laughs> as the, uh, the tank standings continue to be a thing that one faction of the fan base is uh, very interested in. Um, we will uh, get to that, but first, let's just hit on a couple notes here. Uh, Malachi Flynn. <laughs> Kind of a badass, Katie. Um, he basically said it last night. The third and fourth quarters is winning time, and that's why he becomes uh, an absolute uh, deadly uh, monster who scores through contact and in all manner of ways in the second half of games. It's one step shy of Kawhi Leonard's 82 practices comment. It feels like, uh, you know, the, the, <laughs> he's about to say that first halves are just practices, 24-minute practices before the real game start in the second half. You love to see it from another San Diego State alum. Um Talked about Flynn on yesterday's podcast, but this was another really nice performance. 13 points, two boards, three assists, 21 minutes played. Um, continues to be the best guy coming off the bench. He's getting some run um, with the starters as well at times and, and sort of mixing in some multi-point guard lineups. Um, I talked about him on my own yesterday, Katie, but uh, how are you enjoying the Malachi Flynn experience these days? He's been pretty freaking good. It's getting pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it very much. I think last night... Probably my favorite was when he got fouled and he was falling uh, and he just put up that weird little lob, kind of like a hopping underhanded one hand lob and it went in. That was pretty cool. Um, But like he's one of the well, he seems like he's going to be one of those players where even the accidental things look so intentional and very like smooth, (laughs) you know, happy Mm -hmm. accidents all around. But it's good. Like, it's great to see him. With like the with the increase of minutes kind of on his shoulders, it's great to see him really not just kind of take it to heart, but like not in a way that it's. Mm. I don't think he's nervous. Like I don't think it's a real adjustment for him. It's cool. Yeah, um, I, I think the thing that stood out from last night with a couple of those finishes where he got fouled like ten feet out and was still able to finish is he seems to have just like impeccable body control, mm-hmm. and that gives me a lot of hope for what he can become as a finisher at the rim. I mean, obviously, the Raptors have lacked that from their point guards. Uh, Kyle can do it when he wants, but he's also 35, and you know he's not flying in there and throwing his ass into people every single time down the floor. And obviously, Fred's big sort of weakness is finishing at the basket because he's six feet tall and not the fastest guy in the world. Um, you know, he makes it work, obviously. Fred's great, but Malachi Flynn is just like a different kind of quick he's he's got that first step he's got that burst and when you combine that with the fact that he can absorb contact and still maintain balance in the middle of the air and sort of have that body control that's like not a small detail and not a like not an insignificant part of his game right now and that is you know if you're looking at sort of indicators as to like what the guy's going to be in two three four years from now that particular skill, the ability to kind of finish through contact and sort of continue the play is uh, is going to be super valuable as he continues to kind of round out what he brings to the table. Um, you know, this was an interesting point guard game from the Raptors. Flynn, again, I think kind of outplaying Fred Van Vliet for the second game in a row. Um, Fred with just 4 of 17 from the field, 3 of 12 from deep, 11, uh, 6 and 5. Uh, Katie, Fred's not looking... Right. I don't think he said that he's not feeling so good. I believe his exact quote was he feels like shit last night after the game, which uh, totally understandable and justifiable considering what he's gone through. Um, 
this is such a weird one, Katie, because you want to get these guys like action and get them back into the sort of the swing of things and have them playing basketball and the team's winning games. So things seem fun and the vibes are good. But I also kind of wonder, like, should they maybe just shut Fred Van Vliet down for the season? Um, you know, I, I'm not in the business of shutting guys down for no reason. This isn't an Al Horford situation, but he doesn't look totally right. Um, he's well within all reason to not feel and look totally right. And, you know, if not shut him down, maybe not playing him 42 minutes against the Nets is a way to kind of preserve him a little bit. Uh, where are you at on Fred right now? Uh, it, it's not exactly looking great, and I feel bad for him because I don't think it's really in his control. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think the directive for him to play 42 minutes isn't necessarily just coming from the team on him without any input from Fred directly. Like, I wouldn't be surprised sure. if he kind of wanted to stretch his minutes just to see where he was at, and now he knows. Uh, it's tricky. Like, the conditioning for his return is not, quote, normal conditioning, right? Like, you're kind of conditioning around recovery from COVID plus, like, your regular... <laughs> like what you would regularly be looking for. And I think what it seems like from around the league and other players who've gone through it is it's like two steps forward, sometimes three steps back. So I don't think you want to, yeah. one, I don't think you'd want to put him out of commission for the rest of the season too. I don't think Fred would want that either because you can kind of really only test where you're at when you're pushing up against it over and over. So I do trust yeah. like Fred is the best barometer of what fred is going through and fred has been vocal about that um so i do trust him to understand like where and what his limits are you know uh i think it wouldn't be necessarily fair to totally take him take him out of things yeah that's uh, that's a fair point and i mean i guess the only way to kind of get through it is to just play through it and kind of get those sea legs back um i hope he starts feeling a little bit better I, it sucks to hear that he's feeling like shit and um mm -hmm. we thank him for being honest in all of his press conferences all the time uh <laughs> it's a it's a wonderful thing um i did want to note kyle lowry was freaking great last night katie um he you know i think his best game since he came back uh you know the 24 points he had three threes right out of the gate the playmaking the the whole nine yards um it it's uh, Look, I think it's fair, and I, you know Kyle's taking a step back this season. I don't think that's anything, any sort of breaking news. You know, he's he's 35. That's going to happen. You're not going to have the same burst all t at all times. You're not going to be the same defender, and Kyle's certainly not. But it does always feel good when he has one of these games. And there, it's not like they're like few and far between. He has these games basically every other game, I guess, or you know, two out of three nights. They kind of get glossed over because we're so used to it at this point, and the real points of interest in terms of the future for this team are the Siakams and OGs and the Kemp Birch, who's all new and shiny and fun, and Malachi Flynn. But Lowry just continues to keep on going on and continues to make me very comfortable with the idea of just bringing him back next season and running the whole thing back. Um, are, are you enjoying? And I also think like. You know, enjoy these games for sure because we don't know if these are this is going to be his last stretch, and so appreciate every single mm -hmm. thing. Um, Katie, how have you been uh, sort of taking in the Kyle Lowry experience, where it's clearly not what it used to be, but it's still something pretty damn nice. I guess I wouldn't say that I've noticed like I'm not in a point where I'm like, oh, it's drastically different than what we used to have. I think the personnel around him has changed and that's probably what's like brought that on the most. Right. Is because he's kind of stretching now 
to play a different type of game. Uh, and his game now, I'd say it's kind of necessarily taken a backseat because the thing that he said is his focus all this season, and, and like it, I'd say the latter half of last season, was to kind of put the spotlight on Fred and Pascal. Mm-hmm. Um, now on like a lot of the new additions. And that's something he's also been super vocal about. So I think if he has taken a step back, it's probably been out of a necessity that he recognizes, you know, like he wants to highlight those guys. There's no way this team kind of moves forward with or without Kyle Lowry into its next, you know, iteration of itself without them having to step forward and like step into those leadership roles. Uh, And they can't really do that if Kyle Lowry is still in them. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, he loves his beloveds. He loves getting people paid. He's uh, <laughs> doing Kyle Lowry things. Um, yeah, bring him back. I also keep thinking about how valuable, valuable. I don't know why I just turned that into a six-syllable word, but um, I do think, you know, the idea of having whatever pick you get next season uh, sort of being brought into the mix, and the idea of having Lowry kind of shepherd them mm-hmm. along too. Like, there's a lot of value to that. Um, I am still fully on team bring Kyle back whatever the money's going to be who knows what the what the demands might be and what the market might bear and are the heat going to be you know flush with cap space are they going to bring back Oladipo all these different factors are at play but um in the meantime enjoy these Kyle Lowry games we don't know how many of them we have left to watch and I think we saw with like the the absolute fear that gripped Raptors fans the day he might get traded uh, you know, you never know when it is going to come to an end. And when it does, it's going to be a gut punch. So make sure you enjoy every second of it right now. And there was plenty to enjoy last night against Brooklyn. Um, Katie, we'll leave this thing off here with our uh, Tankathon Sim of the Day. We've done this, I think, six times now. The Raptors have not climbed at all. They've dropped down one time. They've stayed the same uh, the other five times. And uh, we're going to continue on spinning this futile wheel of very low odds to see if the Raptors climb up in the Tankathon Sim of the Day. Katie, are you ready? Can you can you give me a drum roll? I always give the drum roll, but can you give it this time? No. <laughs> there we go. All right, Sim Lottery. <laughs> oh, my God, Katie. Your drum roll was the lucky charm for the first time. With just 26.3% odds of jumping up into the top four, your Toronto Raptors have jumped into fourth in today's Tankathon Sim of the Day, jumping up four spots, taking the fourth overall pick. Um, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, lots of guys available there. Very exciting stuff. Maybe a Keon Johnson or a Jaden Springer if you're our friend Robel, uh, who thinks those guys are better than Kaminga and Green. Could be in worse place. Oh, you could also trade that pick potentially for Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know. Just an idea. Anyway, um, fun stuff. Katie, congratulations on being here for the first Raptors jump in the Tankathon Sim of the Day. Uh, what was your secret? Did you bring any sort of uh, special magic juju to this? Or is it uh, all just um, the luck of the, the Tankathon gods? Uh, no, maybe. No, I, <laughs> it's just luck. <laughs> fine. I gave, I gave you a chance to take credit for it, and you didn't. That's fine. We move on. Um, Katie, thanks so much for jumping on today's podcast. It was lovely chatting with you. Where can people check out your work? And do you have anything in particular you'd like to plug? Mm, uh, let's plug uh, Dishes and Dimes and our other show. You're my other show, uh, Basketball. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at whatevs, W-T-E-V-S. Excellent. Uh, also, read Basketball Feelings. It's 
great. Um, you can find me at Woodley Sean, of course. Subscribe to, rate, review, wherever you get your podcast. Always deeply appreciated when you support the show. Uh, and that'll do it. We'll talk to you again on Thursday, hopefully with Javon Shepard to uh, dive into a special fun little topic. And uh, until then, take care. Have a good one. And go listen to Locked On Blue Jays as George Springer is debuting tonight. Oh, my God. George Springer, baby. Go, uh, go, go listen to AJ on Locked On Blue Jays. Uh, thanks. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.